Yes. Oh, what was that? What are we doing? Go on, go on, go on. It sounds like something you find in your penis. Oh, God. <laughs> a moniker for Wanda Wisdom. What's no, that? Oh, what is it? Tell me. I'm in the room too. You are the Paula Deen of the Midwest. Oh, oh God. That's pretty good. But Don't why does. tie me to that racist white fatty. But how come she only gets the Midwest? Isn't she the reigning queen now that Paula Deen has uh, gone down the turley? Possibly. Mm hmm. I do not want to be in the same room with that horrible, despicable, butter-eating lady. I mean, I now feel bad Don't, when I... Hey, butter. listen, Wanda, do not refer to Madge in that way while we're doing a show with her. She is a lady. She is not a woman. I'm a lesbian. Yes, there's a difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with several food allergies, including now my newest is gluten. Do you? Oh, God. I'm, it's taken you this long to develop a gluten allergy? Well, I have to spread things through life besides my lails. Well, don't let it be butter because if you eat butter now, it makes you racist. Oh, honey, I can't eat butter because of my cholesterol. Oh. What, what's your you cholesterol? Mine? Yeah. It's fabulous. I don't know. What's yours, Reagan? Fantastic. Hate you both. And I eat out eggs out every out day. <sighs> It's genetic. Jews have horrible, horrible racist uh, cholesterol. Well, Should we introduce ourselves? Well, we've already introduced Wanda. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Paula Dean of the Midwest. No, don't say that. I'm not racist. Uh-huh. Uh, Madge Weinstein. Who else? Madge Weinstein of Yeast Radio. Oh, no, I'm not Madge. I forgot. Yeah, you're, you're Richard. Well, you're right. both. Oh, whatever. Wait a go minute. Both I, who am I today? I can't be both. Who cares what we are? We're miscellaneous. Mm, I'm at Al. <laughs> Al K. Are you Al K? Al K. And I am Reagan Fox. Yeah, you are. Sure are. You know, if you, Reagan, I was thinking about this the other day. If you want to be Reagan, like, uh, uh, if you want to have your own uh, identity for people to hate on that's not actually you, uh -huh. just spell your last name Fox. Because then it's not. Then you can have the Reagan Fox and the Reagan Fox, and the one is fake, that? and people can you know send their hate mail to that one. Like Guy Fox, you mean? Yeah, like Foe, the French. Foe. Yeah. Oh, folks. Mm -hmm. Mm, yeah. Because yeah. uh, you know, do that. Good okay. idea. You're welcome. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. So since we started talking about Paula Dean, maybe oh, we could God. have a conversation. No, I, I, it's an interesting conversation, and I'm afraid, I'm afraid to share my opinion about it. Don't, I'm curious to hear it. Don't be afraid. <laughs> I just am. Don't be I afraid. Am. Don't. Oh, you're afraid of the audience, or not because of us, though? Not because of you. Oh, okay. no. Because no, I was like, don't be afraid of me, because you know. Well, anyway, go ahead. What's your reaction? I do not agree at all with the horrible racist things that she said. But this is, this is what people an outrage. do when they're about to say something racist. <laughs> this is an outrage. You don't agree with her racism. And you also tell people that you know a black person. Uh, I have a black. Let, before I say this, let me tell you that, number one, I'm not intending to be racist. <laughs> so I can't possibly be racist if I'm not intending it. And I also have black friends. And I know a black person who agrees with what I'm about to say, so it must be true, right? Mm -hmm. No, my... Clarence Thomas. My... Con <laughs> we go way back. He and your my mother live in the same building. <laughs> Clarence Thomas can't possibly understand why people are mad at Paula Deen right now. Okay. Uh, no, I, I think what she said was horrible, mm. but I don't believe that the way that people are claiming... There seems to be an insinuation that Paula Dean is only contrite because she got caught. And I don't think that's the case because she it wasn't as if she was secretly recorded saying these things. 
she was deposed and she admitted to it and which does not make it right, which does not make what she said right. But I feel like the reaction, I think that she's truly sorry for the things that she said. And I think that the reaction, the anti-Paula Deen sentiment is largely people pointing the finger at her and saying, look, she's the racist. And by doing that, it absolves them of any racist guilt they may feel. Well, I don't know, but I saw her eating a, uh, a donut sandwich with lasagna with a black woman. So I don't see how she can be racist. Did you see that wonderful clip of her talking to someone at the New York Times? They were having some kind of like, uh, I don't know, forum or something. And she talks about her her black friend who, oddly enough, in this discussion of, well, it's a very long convoluted discussion about racism in the South's past and slavery. And, and at one point she talks about her black friend who happens to be in the audience. And she starts by saying, you know, my black friend, whatever, he's as black as this board. And she points to the backdrop, which is, you know, pitch black. Yikes. And just th the way she describes him, he stands up and she says, um, come on, honey, you got to step out into the light. We can't see up against that oh, black no. board. So, <laughs> and she laughs. And, and what I find tragic about this entire thing, if anything, is that I just think there is a lack of awareness of why people and I feel, frankly, like she's going to she's going to be one of those people who ends up being very bitter because she'll believe that she was treated unfairly. And, you know, whether or not she was, that's up. I think there's a lack to decide. I think there's a lack of awareness as to why that's funny. What do you mean? The blackboard uh, joke is the lack of awareness. The blackboard joke. Uh, oh, oh, yes. But that aside, I think she will be unaware of why why um, people would react to something like that. And that's not to absolve her because a lot of what I've heard over the last few days and actually on uh, my when I'm a man and I do a radio show, people would call in and say, as they did on Friday, well, she's an old white Southern woman. What do you expect? Which is true and allows us to understand perhaps maybe where she's coming from on her ideas of race. But frankly, that doesn't absolve you from, you know, saying and doing things. It doesn't necessarily entitle you to continue to make oodles of money, you know. Um, I, so I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Finish. No. So I just think that it's very complicated, but I feel bad for her in the sense that I don't think she really will understand why people found some of the things that she said to be uncomfortable or, you know, blatantly racist. Um, I, first of all, have to say I'm very ignorant of the situation. I didn't pay attention to it. Um, I don't know what's, what really she said, and I, don't really, I didn't know it had to do with a court thing. So I really know nothing about it. So I, all I can say is um, uh, who cares? So what? Who cares? So what? Who cares? No, I, I, I understand what you're saying, Wanda, and I agree with it. And I am not trying to be a Paula Deen apologist. I, as I said, I don't agree with what she said. I just question the way some people, especially some white people, mm -hmm. are f uh, uh, pointing the finger at her. Well, yeah, and we have this tendency in the, the culture of white people, you understand, where we like to crucify people for certain things that we have now deemed to be, you know, politically uh, or socially or ethically or morally inappropriate. But then, you know, we sort of do that with a self-sanctimoniousness uh, that, like you said, gives us the pleasure of absolving our own guilt or shame that we have about maybe things we've done or said in the past. Isn't what's offensive about her the the food she makes and suggests and all the obesity she's causing? Well, that's what I love, that that's the thing that brings I mean, this woman on. down, not the fact that she's like, she's disgusting. You know, killing people with, with the products that she pushes. Butter. Oh, butter. I mean, I've we talked about this last week. I don't give a shit about what people do. You know, outside, if I liked her as a cooking thing, I mean, I don't understand it. I think it's disgusting. And then we had Mr. Soprano die, you know, after he ate, what, like a six-course meal of fried shrimp? Or did that prove to not be true? I don't know. But, you know, we have, an <laughs> we have a huge obesity problem. You have Paula Dean. The problem was she was contributing to it more than anything, probably killing lots of people indirectly. And um, 
I don't I I don't know enough about her racisms. What did what was the court thing? Somebody was suing her and it was a, this came out yeah, in the Yeah, there was a there was a trial and I was actually cuz this is how weird I am before we came on I was just dicking through the um mm-hmm. the deposition and it's yeah. you know there's nothing it, it, pers- it was it was the uh front page story of White Power Weekly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to touch that one with a 10-foot white pole. Mm-hmm. Um no, but it 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 uh, it's there's nothing particularly disturbing, other than some very you know she, she is she uses words that are racist and it, she was honest about it and she talked about it. What was I, the court case about? The court case, from my understanding, is a woman who claimed that her brother's restaurant. Or at her while she was employed at her brother's restaurant, there was some sexual harassment, some racial stuff. And um, because she was a part owner of that, that's how she got roped into this entire uh, court case that then required her to sit down and do a deposition where they asked her about, you know, have you ever used the N word in what context? What did that have to do with the case? I don't understand. Because they're trying to show an environment, a culture of racism and sexism at the restaurant. I see. Because, like, the brother was accused, her brother was accused of, like, looking at porn, using the N-word. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they then, at some point in, in their arguments, got to her use of the N-word. And she said, <laughs> and they say, you know, have you used the N-word? Well, of course. Mm-hmm. And then she describes a few instances. One where she was retelling the story of being, um, you know, what was it, a uh, robbed at gunpoint by a black man. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem. Here's the problem I have. I'm having trouble articulating it because I don't want to make it seem as if I think, what's the problem? Everybody's just being too sensitive about this because that's not what I think. My concern is that Paula Dean was forthcoming about her racist inclinations. Right. And I don't think she deserves a gold star or some type of award for being able to accurately admit that she is racist, even if she's not even fully aware that that's what she's doing. I don't believe she deserves anything for that. My concern is that when you have somebody who is willing to come out and be honest and implicate themselves. Yeah. And they get crucified for it. All that does is shut down mm-hmm. the op- shut down opportunities in the future for people discussion. to have real conversations yeah. about racism and implicate themselves. And I believe that does more harm than good. I agree. Oh, I agree. It's the nat- but it's the nature of what television has become: this reality TV, black and white, two dimensional characterization of people. You know? And and that's actually what happened. It's interesting because, Madge, I don't know because you don't follow the story. The the culmination of this story and the reason we're probably talking about it is that on Friday, mm-hmm. she was supposed to go on and talk to Matt Lauer about all these allegations. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that's when she was supposed to just, you know, come forward and do her mea culpa and be like, I'm sorry, I didn't know any better. Yeah. And she didn't. She ended up saying she was she couldn't get out of bed. And then her PR team had to record this little video of her apologizing, and it was the most banal, the most generic, non-specific apology, not even an apology apology. Yeah, we watched that on my show, but I didn't know the context. Oh, okay. And then people reacted to that very, you know, obviously like that was dumb. You didn't apologize for anything. So then she did another one about a minute and a half long, and she did basically the same thing. And that's when, according to the Food Network, because her PR team had handled this so horribly, they had, they felt, according to them, they had no other choice but to fire her. So that's where that's where it all ended up. And again, it's kind of weird. I feel like she did herself no favors because I don't feel like something that happened. I feel like in this day and age, if you said something, you know, ten years ago or fifteen years ago, not that it absolves you of anything, but I don't feel like that would sort of end your career. And I feel and like cert- she threw cert- herself over the cliff. Well, I was going to say it certainly wouldn't if you used an anti-gay epithet, but I don't. That's not necessarily true because I remember Isaiah Washington losing right. his job when he referred to his castmates as faggot. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't know what the right answer is because I don't pretend to know what people should or shouldn't be allowed to do in terms of keep their job or get rid of their job. And But like you said, my biggest concern is that by the Food Network dumping her and people being like, all right, well, we've now washed our hands of that racist. Now the discussion just ends and everybody goes back to being the same way they were before and nobody is, you know, having a complicated discussion, uncomfortably so, other than us, about race. And I'm not even sure we're doing know. that. But. I don't think it's about race. I think it's about the media machine chewing somebody up and spitting them out to have something to talk about, something to sell ads, some big, stupid-ass topic of conversation so that we can't talk about what's really going on, which is our police state and the fact that we're uh, our president is going after somebody who is uh, trying to expose the fact that he's ignoring the Constitution. Oh, forget that. Let's talk about Jody Arias. I, I don't even know who that is. That's like a drag at queen. At 2 o'clock in the morning, I got sucked in. That was fascinating. She's a cuckoo. I don't even know who that is. The only Joey Arias I know of is the fucking drag queen, you know, that sings like Billie Holiday. I don't even know what the well, fuck that is. Well, first of all, it's not Joey Arias. It's Jody Arias. And she is a vixen and a killer. She's very interesting. <laughs> I'm fascinated by her. So on the same – in the same vein, Madge, I have been having this thought because I've been, you know, listening cursorarily – to um yeah good pronunciation to this edward snowden business yeah and i'm curious if you think this sort of focus like a laser beam on him and now we're fl- we're watching him mm-hmm. fly across the world to ecuador uh, with with the wikileaks people right if this sort of laser like focus on him as a person kind of detracts from the larger of it questions does. of course it does it's a witch and, hunt they're making it ridiculous yeah. I mean, this, he's, you know, the the way people go after him, like, oh, he's such an asshole for doing that. Don't, it, it's, these people don't understand that he, he not only put his li- career on the line or got, he threw his career away. He threw his, uh, you know, his life away, his American citizenship away, possibly his freedom. And it's even possible his life away on t- exposing This program, which was a violation of our, you know, human rights, and it completely blew, tears our constitution to shreds, the fact that our government is doing this. And um, people go after him like, oh, he's just some asshole, not understanding the fact that, you know, what he gave up is uh, very heroic. You know, this is the same way I feel about Jodi Arias. Mm -hmm. She gave up her freedom. She gave up her job. Wait a minute. Do you believe do you believe the Jodi Arias? I don't even know Are what you're talking Are you trying to free about. her? What did she do? She, she stabbed her man. So what? Who cares? <laughs> there's like 50 what? murders. There's like 50 murders a day where I live. Where Where's the list? <laughs> but she's, but are they committed by hot, sexy, ambiguously Latina women? Well, and I, I, I just want to, I'd like to register my own displeasure at her decision to, dye her hair darker or when she bleached it blonde no when she bleached i guess the correct term is bleach yeah when she went blonde i thought that really did her no favors for her you know legal case i thought it was brown in court i don't know but i feel like at some point she had blonde hair what are you nancy grace i don't understand who cares oh god is there Madge, anyone I you love really, more is this you kylie really or really kaylee? need to start watching lifetime is this kaylee I mean, or kylie is there another one? Kaylee? Ty- Kaylee. What are you talking Kaylee? about? Kaylee! Where's Kaylee? Yeah. Oh, are those her daughters? Nancy Grace, you know, she's always going after dead kids. She My loves favorite them. is if you follow Nancy Grace on Twitter, you will be so <laughs> amused because she will get on a, a subject and not let it go. She's like a pit bull. She'll just strangle the life out of you. And kind she'll of like Reagan these- and this Amanda Bynes or whatever her name is. Oh, God, I love Amanda Bynes. I don't don't get know who that <laughs> The only way I found out about this Amanda Bynes was from a parody account. I don't know what the fuck it is. It's another thing. How do I miss all this? She's like the oracle. I want you to know she's like a religious being oh at God. this point. I'm so do you think, lost. Reagan? I think she's fantastic. She just had her nose job this weekend, but she's going to go back and get more done. 
to correct the bridge, the problem in her bridge, the bridge of well, her nose. The webbing. Remember, it was this birth defect of the webbing that was keeping what? her. The internet? Actually, that's what was causing her to make all those weird tweets, she said, was the webbing. The World Wide sure. Web? Not the web ring. Remember when they used to have Twitter? web rings? No. No, oh, yes, I ring? do. I do remember those, actually, yes. Don't you remember? They used yes. to be, like, websites, oh. and they would have yeah, little... Yeah, connect little... to each other. Ring yes. pirates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ring wraiths? What? Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Oh, connected to our discussion of racism, what? Because one of our listeners, Toro, who is one of my friends on Facebook, he's a very intelligent man. I like mm-hmm. him a lot. He wanted us to talk about racism in the... <clears throat> burp that I just did. Well, no, I didn't racism hear Racism in the gay community. Okay. Go. One, two, three, go. Racism in the gay community. I guess you need to like throw a knife at it somewhere. And I don't mean a gay person of color. I just mean, you know, like where in this discussion do we start? Because that's kind of a big, you know, nefar- the nebulous topic. There's racism in the gay community if you I mean the way I see it it's there's racism everywhere but if you're I don't know if it's racism but you know I the black I know most black people I know prefer other black people for dating and friends and most white people prefer other white people for dating and friends and um Not Asian and Latin They don't count. Why don't they count? Um because they're trophy husbands depending on how old you are. Like trophy husbands for like my age are generally Latinos and trophy husbands for like 60 and 70 year olds are Chinamen. Is that racist? I Do we so. use that term anymore? I don't believe Listen, so. if it's on Strangers with Candy, it's valid and, and not racist. <laughs> I, I will not. I, I I'm a Chinaman. Racist, but I have a friend who literally referred to an Asian person as a Chinaman without any irony. Mm-hmm. And he is 30, well, no, he's 40 now. And he literally, we had to make him Google it. Did you was it Richard and it, did it just happen now? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was it at a Chinese restaurant? No, we were just, he's like, we were just having a casual conversation and he was talking about an Asian person and said Chinaman. To, and there was looks of horror around the room mm-hmm. and, and he literally had no clue that he had said something inappropriate. But anyway, I digress. I'm as weirded out by people who fetishize particular races as I am by people who say on their profiles, no Asians or no blacks or no whatever the case may be. I have a curiosity. So you're on the West Coast and we're in the Midwest. And I have always felt like, but I am a product of the Midwest and of the South for a, a brief moment, but mostly the Midwest. And I feel as though that fetishization seems to be very Midwestern, but I don't know what things are like on the West Coast or the East Coast. No, it, it's, it holds true here. There's a large Asian population and Asian American population in Southern California. And they, uh, there are people who chase after them. And then there's also a huge population who it's, they're very objectified as I think many racial and ethnic minorities within the context of the United States are. Um, Because you certainly wouldn't say like, for instance, the Hispanic population is a minority (laughs) in Southern California. Uh, But yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I I don't know what to make of it. And there's a lot of segregation that happens within quote unquote integrated settings. It's a very complex issue. So there's a bar called Mickey's here and Mickey's has an upstairs and a downstairs and upstairs they play hip hop music and it's Uh, primarily caters to an Asian and African-American crowd. Or there may be, you know, the quote-unquote black knight at the Abbey. Or, and it's, uh, yeah, it's very interesting to me. Uh, You know what's interesting? The porn business, which I am fortunately coming out of, um, is totally, totally, totally racist. The Gabbies never have any black people in their porns, in their awards. It's, it's totally white and maybe a little bit of Latino, but, it's, but black porn is completely not in it at all. 
like nothing. Zero. Well, those are ties definitely between fetishization and be- because people go to porn. Like fetishization is so explicit in porn in a way that it is not nearly as explicit when you're going out for drinks or just socializing with mm-hmm. other gay and lesbian people. People go and they look for porn that specifically gets them off. Yeah, but I'm but but what does that have to do with the racism? Oh no 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 no! I'm I'm just saying that. Uh, yeah, I guess it doesn't. All right, all right, <laughs> great topic. You're just saying that the business of porn is racist, in, institutionally racist. Absolutely. And sounds like overtly so. I don't know how do the because I think me thinks perhaps you may have an idea of the opinions of the the non-white people <sighs> that are being filmed in the pornography. Oh, it's such exploitation. So what? But what are there like? Is there an awareness? Is there a just you know an awareness a, a, what, an acknowledgement and this is how it is? I don't understand. Can you be more specific? So if I'm a black person doing gay porn, yeah. Do I just know it and accept that I'm going to be treated as a uh, object? Well, I guess you know that as an object in porn generally. But like, what's right. the sense of a non-white actor in porn? Oh, they make less money. They, it's really true. There's like how a, much? Do, how much do they make a scene? Between two hundred and two fifty. Sometimes wow, less. That's bad. Sometimes I, less. I, I, from what I understand, people who do Sean Cody and Corbin Fisher, because we have a lot of porn people in Southern California, mm-hmm. I believe they make a thousand dollars a scene. Probably the, the, that would be the the high end. Our models are not there. It's it's not just ra- race is probably the biggest factor, but it's also looks, and we tend to get well ugly people. <laughs> now, but um, so like, so are we talking like? Ugly or yeah. this is taste? I'm talking ugly. Okay. What, what's the what's the address for CocoDorm? CocoDorm.com. But that's with K's, right? <laughs> I, you know, no. I'm curious. C's. Is there like C-O-C-O. Because, you know, I didn't know if you're kidding. There's all kinds or not. of weird, freakish fetishes. Are there? Is there a like an overt racist fetish? No. See the races, it's it's separate. The the black porn, and this is one thing that kind of surprised me when I went into this business. The black porn world, it's all it's like the fans are black and the porn and the actors are black. There's some crossover. There's some white fans that like black guys, but I would say about ninety to ninety five percent of the people that watch black porn are black. Really, the, the black guys I know have no interest in white guys and they don't even like working with white guys because they say, you know, white guys smell like a wet dog, stuff like that. Whenever a white model comes in, they're like, oh, he smells like the goddamn Burger King, you know? Like, seriously, like that, the racism. (laughs) White people smell like the Burger King? Yeah, this one guy, they said, what's that hamburger place? Not In-N-Out Burger, but it's regional. It's not. Although that would be fitting. No, there's another one. Jack I know. In the box, Whataburger. Whataburger, yeah. They, ca- they called this one guy who I thought was really hot. They called him Whataburger. They said he smells like a Whataburger. He's a good-looking guy, really nice body, unusual, much you know, much better looking than normal for that place. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong? They're like, he smells like Whataburger. I'm like, all I smell is your asshole. I don't smell him. He's like, Matt, yeah, he smells like Whataburger. Richard, I'm looking at Coco Dorm's site right now, and yeah. there are some good-looking guys on here. DeMarciano Sanquez. <laughs> how do you even know how to pronounce that? Reagan's a professor. He knows. There's- no, but I'm, I, you know, that surprises me because here I was asking my questions of you thinking that this uh, pornography was for white eyes. Uh-huh. But you're saying that this foot... Uh, yeah, see, I that's an interesting that- assumption because, see, that... Where does that assumption come from? I find I find interesting because, because that I was my assumption like, too. I, I, because I think I felt that like white people uh, and gay white people, perhaps as well, had a you know fetish for black men. Well, I'm sure some do, absolutely. But um, but I I thought like black men liked white men. That was my impression, and I think for my for myself that sta- that came out of like kind of a racist point of view for myself. And then when I went into this, I see that they most of these people have no interest in white men at all. I don't know any of them that's dated a white guy. Huh. You know, it's mostly like 
they prefer, you know, they have separate parties for the most part. There's a Black Pride here that's at a different weekend. It's totally segregated, but not, it's voluntary, I think, on both sides. It's kind of strange. So then is there a, is there like a looking down upon uh, an African-American person who hangs out with mostly white people or? No, because then they act white. So see, there's people that do that usually act white or they might put a little Oprah slang in, you know, once in a while, like, okay, girl. And then they can all be like, here's my black friend. Put us on Facebook. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. No, I absolutely do. It's fascinating. Yeah. Oprah's really ugly, by the way. I saw her in a trailer for some movie coming out. She got ugly again. What movie was that? Is that the one where that guy wanted to rub all up on her tiggle biddies? <laughs> no, he called them that. What's this guy's name? Some actor. He's like, oh, I loved working with Oh, I Oprah. believe. She I, got them big old. She got them I know exactly bitties. who you're talking about. It's uh, either Demarciano Sanquez. <laughs> or. She was not in black porn. Whataburger Chris, Nelson. Christian Dewawan. I'm still curious how white people smell like, because, you know, when I went to Asia, yeah. the Japanese people, they think we smell dirty and disgusting. And they can they would say things like, yes, you always know when a white person has been in your house because it smells. Hmm. And I'm just, I've That's never That's a nice heard. thing to say to a guest who's white. Well, the Japanese are very much like that. They're very, you know, honest. I didn't know that. I always thought they were polite. Oh, they're very polite, but they have no idea that their own uh, hegemonic views of the world. They really see themselves at the sort of top hmm. of the uh, racial ethnic mountain. Well, consider the way that you framed men and women of color earlier. And this is something that I've been struggling with just this term, uh, using the term non-white because it centers White. whiteness. Whiteness. Which we've learned, actually, did we not, in the last few weeks, that white people are now for the first time on the decline. Right. Yay. So white notions of are. that are going to become even more antediluvian as time moves forward. Definitely antediluvian. I don't know what that means. After Me the flood. Oh. It's a very long time ago. The or no, before one. the flood, because it's anti. I don't know. It's some word that means a long time ago. <laughs> I thought antediluvian was an actor at the Coco Dorm. <laughs> Probably That's well Antoine been. Diluvian. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Mm -hmm. yeah. I have a question. Yeah. What is the proper way to deal with the death of a family member that you are have never been particularly close with. Not that there's any conflict between the two of you, but because mm. my my aunt died of a massive heart attack last Friday. And she's not my aunt by blood. She's my uncle's wife, but they've been married, I believe, since before I was born. And she was always really kind to me growing up, but I didn't even accept her friend request on Facebook. <gasps> I know. Mm. Until after she died, I accepted well, it. Well, friend her now. That would be <laughs> my response. You did friend her after death. I did. It was a yeah. post-mortem friending because uh -huh. I wanted to look at pictures of her and I wanted to see what people were writing on her wall as a way of memorializing her and remembering well, her. And That is the so correct response. I think you did exactly what any decent person would do. Okay. Yeah. Post-mortem uh, Friendship and even when Facebook. I made the announcement on my Facebook, I prefaced my announcement with, I'm okay. I don't want you to feel compelled to check up on me or see how I'm doing emotionally because there certainly are people who will jump on the death of somebody who is, at least in terms of proximity, close to them and go over the top with it. Oh, just things are really tough for me right now when they really don't give a shit. And, and I didn't want to come off that way. You sure you're not in a 12-step club? I promise. It's the second week she's been asked that question. They, do, they sure do that a lot there, I've heard. Mm. Dramatization. What? Jumping on Jumping other people's on... bandwagons. <laughs> yeah. Oh, other people's misery. Mm. Yes. Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Yeah, isn't that what AA is premised upon, where somebody's sharing a shitty story? I woke up in my own puke with three men inside of me mm -hmm. at the Coco Dorm, and, and then somebody laugh. else says, <laughs> that same thing happened to me. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. With semen. Yep. What semen? No, I I don't yeah. have a very I don't have an appropriate response for your question because death is weird, and I don't I don't act very normally to death. I don't think I like to laugh at it usually uncomfortably. I um I don't know I don't I try to not think about death when death isn't around me because when it's around it sucks. So when it's not around, I try to. Uh, Stay the fuck away from the. You know, I mean, I don't ignore it. I read about death and life after death and stuff. There's been some really interesting books coming out on that subject lately. Like what? Oh, there's one that was on the bestseller list. I read it. It's about some. It's by some neurologist who was an atheist. You know, didn't believe any of these. Um, you know, life after death stories or what do you call it? Uh, like deathbed stories. I want to like say orgasmic shining uh, white light rape. No, yeah, um, yeah, the. Near death experience is called. I uh, had one. He okay. We can go there in a minute. But he believe he didn't believe it. And then he ha- went into a coma, and his whole like outer brain thingy-majig was dead. And he had this whole experience, and that's what the book was about. What was yours, Reagan? Well, what was his? What did he experience? Well, it's a whole book. I mean, I can't really explain it. Um, but it was very detailed, and is kind of like he's in this other world that you can't really explain because it's so otherworldly and it's more real than reality. And he just felt this oneness with the universe kind of thing. But was Mm -hmm. there fried chicken? No, no, no. And there's no iPhones. Although Paula Dean was screaming the N word. Yep. That was hell. (laughs) There was a part of me, a very little part. And then I want to hear about Reagan's near death experience, but there was a part (laughs) of me that just wanted to, to find a really inappropriate clip of the N-word and just play it over and over again with Paul Oh, D. just listen to Yeast Radio. Yeah, we did that. <laughs> where were you? You know where Oops, to find Oops, I that missed sort of that thing. one episode. Yesterday. <laughs> All yes. right, now, Reagan, I want to hear about your... Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. My early, it's my earliest memory. I was living in an apartment with my father. I was pretty much a baby, and my brothers and sisters took me to the pool, the community pool at the apartment complex. And I guess they were playing in the shallow end of the pool. And I had my feet in the deep end of the pool. And while they weren't looking, I guess I jumped in and I didn't have any floaties on. And I remember this so distinctly. I It was as if I never hit the bottom of the pool. I kept going down and down. There was no bottom of the pool, basically. And in front of me, there was this huge gray orb. I sound like uh, Sylvia Brown right now. There was a huge gray orb named Francine. And and it was, you know how the moon waxes and wanes? Yes. Okay, so it, it was opening up in that fashion to where, like in a crescent form, and it, it almost looked like a huge planet in front of me. And as it opened up, it became fire red. <laughs> I guess that's not a good this sign for like my soul. This is like the eye of um, Sauron. Sounds like a prolapse. Rings. And there were feathers floating around me. And I was still in water. And all I knew was that I had to grab one of the feathers. I just felt this need to grab. I, I knew I had to get a hold of one. And they seemed kind of close, but when I would try to reach for one, it was just out of my reach. And I've, all, I've grown up with this memory, and it wasn't until after my father died that I was in Manhattan with my sister, and I told her about it, and I said, do you have any memory of me uh, drowning in a pool? And she said, yeah. I, I you know, the story I just recounted to you. And a guy had to jump into the pool and give me CPR. How old were you? I was really young. I want to say at most, at most three, but probably two. So you probably weren't hallucinating on mushrooms or anything. So you were no. offered a feather and then what? You grabbed a well, feather? I, I don't know. That's you don't all remember I remember that? I see. of what happened. And I'm yeah. sure the way I rationalize it is oxygen was cut off from my head and I saw something fantastical. I don't believe what I saw was... Well, that is very that is a typical near death experience, and it is similar to the one this neurologist experienced too, with something like an orb. But um, yeah, I've been studying this for a long time. I did a term paper on it when I was in high school. I've always been interested in it, and um, yeah, 
anyway, you know. Hello. Was this for one of Play-Doh's classes? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I used to eat Play-Doh. I bet. Shocker. Yeah. Paula Dean cooks with Play-Doh. It's filling. Okay, come on. Let's really talk about the spying thing. Yeah. Go for okay. it. Well, I mean, I said what I said earlier, what I had to say earlier, but like, I just, I just, I'm just overwhelmed by it to the point where I'm not sure what to make of it. But basically, you know, the way that I see our government just going after this guy, like Wunter said, like a laser beam, you know, and just kind of like going right after this guy and silence from the left, you know, and I feel like if Bush had done this and he did, and the people like us, you know, on the progressive side of things, would just we're totally going after him you know how dare you you know with the patriot act and all this stuff but when our guy does it it's silence at best if not defending him you know and it's just to me it's like the separation of ideology and politics it's not there it's just like well our whatever our team comes first and our team is democrats mm-hmm. so you know i feel like it's team sport i want i feel like i try to you know go by my principles regardless of you know, the politics. And yes, I did vote for Obama and I knew that there was a lot of shit I didn't like, but I voted for him for reasons I still don't regret, mainly for uh, the health care thing and a lot of social stuff that he did. But I think this is so wrong. And the way he's going after, you know, just the, the, the chutzpah of saying, you know, we're going after this guy. We have to go get him because he broke the law when he was, you know, when he was in his view, um, upholding his oath or whatever, you know, to uphold the Constitution when then it's exactly the opposite of what the president is doing and these congressmen, Nancy Pelosi defending him too, saying we have to balance privacy and the Constitution. And, and um, you know, it's just, I don't know, discuss. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I, the last thing that I read was the account of sort of like his being in, Hong Kong and then the U.S. requesting that they arrest him and then the Hong Kong government like, well, you didn't file the paperwork, right? So right. We, we let him go. And uh, then he goes on to Moscow and, you know, the people in Russia are like, we don't know if he's coming or whatever. And and it's just like it's almost becomes this sort of like movie. And yeah. I'll be honest with you, I get fascinated by the details of this one guy's story because I just get weirdly fascinated by people that are doing extraordinary things. Yeah. So I want to know that story and I want to see how it plays out and I want to eat popcorn while I'm doing it. But then there, then there's that point where you're like, oh, my God, I'm totally falling for what the government wants me to do, which is not pay attention to what is actually going on. Mm-hmm. And then I get kind of freaked exactly. out about it. And I'm like, there's so much to it's like I don't even know what to be freaked out about, which makes my brain hurt. And then I just go read this story. And everybody because, on both political sides agrees with each other. So they, there's just this vague blah about the, 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 you know, the actual issue, which is privacy and um, spying and all this stuff and Big Brother. And it, you know, becomes this manhunt made for TV. And I will say it frustrates me that when I read about my own government, like rejecting or revoking people's passports, hunting them down... And um, speaking in very sort of, you know, um, I don't know, just what's the word? It just seems it's like I'm reading an account of like the Soviet government's mm-hmm. treatment of, uh, you know, somebody who's trying to get the truth out. Well, if you read that what makes it, me terribly uncomfortable, it's very similar to what the what the East Germans say was like living um, with the Stasi, that the Stasi had um, they had f- folders what do you call it you know like a file Dossiers. on every single every single east german citizen had a file they 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 followed everyone they knew what everybody was doing and it's like and that always seemed so foreign to me but now it's kind of like it's okay and not only is it really happening but i mean people think it's okay because oh yeah it's sort of the inevitable conclusion of technology you know as if there's nothing we can do to protect privacy because we have all this technology so we should just give up I mean, this is bogus to me. Well, I love the observation that you made several months ago where you pointed out the seeming hypocrisy of all of these people who freak out over Facebook privacy settings. Um, Well, I have two different points here. First of which is, yeah, I I don't understand why 
there's so much uproar when Facebook changes privacy settings regarding photos. And then the same people who are all up in arms and posting these memes about here's how you have to combat Facebook. And, but then they don't really have an opinion about this issue, about right. Snowden or Manning. It, it blows my mind. And as you said last week, if you concretized it in something more specific, like this specific phone conversation that we're having right now is fair game to them. Of course. And speaking and, of passports, I, I don't even have mine because they've taken like five weeks to get it back to me. Maybe they took it. And then also people will get all up in arms about you know, their perceived right to other people's intellectual property through sharing things on torrent sites and stuff like that. That's a big issue. But for so many people, then they don't think that this right. is a big issue. Well, and that's, and again, it's like people don't seem to be able to make the distinction between the government amassing information about you without your uh, approval or acknowledgement they can't make a difference between that and Facebook. <laughs> Facebook is not the government. Facebook is a company which you choose to do business with or not. It's up to Except you. Except that they happen to be supplying the, the government. With well, data. yeah, yes, and well, that's kind and of a separate issue. But but the, but because of the way people just interact with, or the way that they think of the internet, it it's like there's no longer a distinction between a company and the government. Well, here's why people get up in arms about the Facebook issue. It's because we live in a capitalist culture, and anytime somebody monetizes something you believe you've produced, whether it be a photo or whatever, then they get up in arms, say, where's my money? Where's my money? But when it's more abstract, when it's, oh, somebody has access, like the government having access to your files, as long as they're not making money off of it, then people don't care. But that because is that, our money. That's, it's our that's tax the, money. That's the repeated theme. That's the refrain in all the down with Facebook messaging. It's, because because they're using our data to make money, basically. To make money. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, but you also get a service you don't have to pay for. I mean, to just play devil's advocate. It's a two-way street. Yeah, I think, well, and... That's the thing. You can even begin to make, and people do, of course, that the government has a right to do this, or in certain circumstances, you know, people are willing, by when asked, to turn over this information because they usually will say something like, well, I'm not doing anything wrong, so what do I care? And they trust that their government is not going to do anything untoward. My biggest frustration is that the government has patently and vociferously lied to us out in the open Yes. So why in the hell would I trust you with information that you're telling me you're not going to do anything with, but you've lied about it in the past? So why would I trust you? Well, in the Patriot Act, what here's an analogy that might work, and, and it puts it in monetary terms. So the Patriot Act gives the government carte blanche to access whatever information they want to through, you know, their uh, relationship with companies like Yahoo and Skype and Google. And I mean, just think about how much information, how much of our personal information, our emails, our photos, our conversations that Google has, right? Mm -hmm. It would be the same thing as letting the government, writing a blank check to the IRS every year at tax time and say, you know what, just take whatever, right. uh, we trust yeah, you. That we, you we, we are not asking you to account for any of the tax dollars. You know, just you come up with a formula and we'll trust it. That is what the Patriot Act has done. It's the equivalent of writing a blank check to the government where they have access to all of this information about us. Mm -hmm. And the thing too that really gets me, it's like, when you look at bin Laden and the, the, what he was doing, and he was an intelligent, albeit evil, person but um, and crazy, but what he was trying to do was to destroy our society. And he has been so successful at it because we fell right into his trap. We did exactly what he thought we would do. We That's took away true. our own civil liberties. And, you know, when we say we're doing this to protect against terrorism, we are just, that's exactly what he wanted to do. That's why the terrorism is working. Terrorism is working because it's created terror in us. If we wanted it not to work, then we have to not be afraid and, you know, and deal with it the way we would have dealt with it before 9-11. 
you know, use intelligent tactics, use intelligence. You know, this guy, somebody pointed out on Facebook today, this guy Snowden, you know, he went, he flew to Russia. Nobody even fucking noticed the airplane, you know, so much for our intelligence. Yet they, you know, recording, you know, every fucking bowel movement that Cheryl takes. <laughs> well, that's. The know, fuck was that? That's Sorry. smart. Yeah. She's dangerous. Well, we all agree on this. I thought maybe there would be a little no, bit of I, disagreement. You no, know, I tried. I was thinking what's, you know, the devil's advocate, but yeah. I don't. I don't in this particular case. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I just want people to stay aware of it and to not let it go. I, I don't know. It's just, ugh. I think, ugh. I don't know what else to say. You know, you look in other countries and even Brazil, you know, there are people protesting everywhere. So you never yes, know. When this actually, just... I'm, I'm woefully behind in, in certain areas of the mm. actual news. Yeah. What what's the entire uh reason <laughs> what what why are people rioting in Brazil? I don't know. Oh, sorry. You're supposed know. to be the smart one. I know, but that I know that they're rioting, but like I I seem to only be able to focus on a couple of things at once and um and I, I think it has something to do with Paula Dean's racist statements. Well, yeah, yeah cuz and that what's her name? Anna Karenina, that one that Amanda Bynes. Oh, yes. yes. And that other webbing. thing, Joey Arias. Jody. Whatever. Where do you, you and your, oh my God, you get so, you talk about fetishization. You fetishize these celebrities like nobody I've ever met in my life. Like that, what was that guy, Johan Vandersloot? And you talked about uh, him for Johan like six years. Six years you're talking, I mean, are you even done with him? No. Who is Johan Vanderslut? Oh, come on. Vanderslut. I love it. He's the guy who killed Natalie Holloway and then killed another woman. I mean, who knows how many women he killed. Do you get caught up? Because, like, where I fetish pop culture and celebrities is not of this, like, the the um, the uh, Jody Arias and Mr. Vandersloot and Nancy Grace kind of stuff. Is that, like, your thing, the, the crimes and the... Uh, okay, so uh, <laughs> Jorhan Vandersloot I got into just because I thought he was kind of a cute killer. And Jody Arias, I have ignored it. I, I, I have not paid any attention to it. But last night I had trouble going to sleep because I took a nap yesterday. And on the, I just turned on Lifetime because there was nothing else on. And it was the Jody Arias movie. So it's just fresh. Isn't that on the one mind. with Rob Lowe? Was he in, he was no, that's that, right? the Candelabra. Beyond no, the I know Candelabra. that, but wasn't he also in this one? No, or who was... he, he, he wasn't. The actors, I've never seen them before. What did oh, they make this in like famous... a week? I mean, this isn't a very long old story, is it? Well, it... this is what, this is how Lifetime is staying relevant now. They're doing oh, stories ripped from headlines movies. and their next movie, their next big movie dramatizes the life of Anna Nicole Smith, which That's I have to see that. Pride Weekend. Oh, is it? Well, I mean, it's Pride Weekend for us anyway, next weekend. Like my body. Um, there's, um, there's a Hard Rock Cafe in Fort Lauderdale where I'm told she died. And I've pointed that out on the way to porn shoots before. That's my claim to fame. Are you going to write a book about your pornography experience? <sighs> Maybe. It's so You're awful. I mean, it's the stuff that's really bad I, I've never even talked about, honestly. Is it difficult so, for you to watch porn now? Uh, yeah, I don't watch porn. I don't watch porn. At all? Did no. you did you watch it before you worked at Coco Dorm? Sure, yeah. Yeah. I don't watch it at all. Wow. I fucking how do you hate How it. do you get your rocks off, Grinder? <laughs> Real life. <laughs> With us. I don't understand. Sex. Lesbians don't need an actual, porn. An actual sex act. I just don't like to ch talk about my personal relationships on this program. It has not ever gotten me anywhere good, except. Oh, is Grinder a personal relationship? <laughs> no. Do you I, have a personal relationship with Grinder? I'm monogamous. That's all I'll say, and I have been. For oh, some, you are. You're in a relationship. Time. I have been monogamous for over a year, and that's all I'm saying. And there's. Oh. Don't oh, read anything that, more yeah. into that than what it is, which is, oh. that's all. Okay. So please, I don't want to go there. I don't okay. want to discuss it, but yes, that is how I get my rocks off now, and I uh, prefer it that way. Next subject, Superman, hot or what? Oh, oh my gosh. He's more of that. Oh, oh his God. hairy chest. I'm just... Oh. just was what? that not just gay porn for 30 minutes, for like the first 30 minutes? Yes. Oh, my God. I didn't even God. watch it. You didn't watch it? 
What's no, wrong I with you? I went to go see This Is The End instead. But every time I see pictures of that guy with his shirt off, oh. I I squirt. Like, you know how some females uh-huh. squirt your out vagina. their vagina? I do that. Your duty, your duty or your pee-pee? Um, a little bit of both. Okay, you? since you're in porn, really quickly, a side note. Do, I, they, oh, yeah. do they pour water into the vaginas and then how do they get that to work? Um... I don't know. I don't do straight porn, but in gay porn, yeah, they use they use fake stuff. Like when they do cream pies, they often use there's this particular kind of lube that looks just like cum, and they just stick it in there and you cut and you just shoot out like it's. Oh, give us other tricks of the trade. Oh, I don't know what like about. I I mean, there's a lot of shitting that gets edited out. What else? What else? Leave it in. Leave it in. (laughs) If it was up to me, I would trust me. Um, just, uh, I, I will talk about it more when it's more distant, but now I've thought about doing a blog about, you know, how in health class you learn the mechanics of heterosexual sex. I've wanted to do something similar for gay people. Cause I know for instance, when I was trying to learn how to bottom the yeah. correct way and how to clean out my pipes yeah. and such, uh, yeah. I had to scour the internet for information and I've thought about putting a blog up and then I thought, well, what if my students see it and they bring it to administrators and I don't think there's much. Well, do you want to do like video of you cleaning your butt out or what? No, no, no. <laughs> but <laughs> no. And I know that I wouldn't get in trouble for it. A, a convert, an uncomfortable conversation may be had. And then I think, well, what if my boyfriend's some of his family members, what if they saw it? And do I really, why do I feel compelled to do this? But these are uncomfortable conversations that I think need to be had in the gay community because we aren't afforded opportunities to learn the basics of yes, sex. Yes, I, I agree that those conversations need to be had, but I'm not so sure that they need to be had on YouTube. Well, I wouldn't have it on YouTube. I, yeah. I would put it on my blog. But would you actually show your cleaning your deuterus out? No, no, no. Oh, I would, just a talk. It would not come with like an instructional video or an accompanying DVD, but I would talk about it. So, for instance, one of my friends who is a bottom, he just doesn't know how to be a bottom. Yeah, he, shitty kitty. He seems to think that you can't eat anything the entire mm-hmm. day that you're going to have sex and that when you're – cleaning out your kitty, you have to, you know, shoot water up there like five times. And I mean, it's just so much overkill that may do damage to your body. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I just think that there need to be more resources. I well, yeah, why not put that in high school? You know, give a class. Yeah, that'll happen in America. No, but I do. <laughs> but I do think I honestly do think if they would actually spend money you know, to, to to teach young people how to have sex healthily, so especially it, young gay people, then, uh, you know, you wouldn't have these people who, because it is, it's like witch doctors. Okay. You ask a gay person what's the appropriate way to have sex or how to be healthy or safe, and you'll get 30 million different answers. Okay, what is the correct method? And then I want to finish talking about Superman because I was going somewhere. Oh, sorry. That's fine. Sorry. No, no. But tell us, what do you, how do you do, Shani? Well, I use – I have one of those bulbs. It's like a blue bulb. Why is that funny? Just the way you said it, but go ahead. A bulb. bulb. I have a bulb. And you can't use the a regular fleet enema. I mean just because you can't use that fluid because – it's chemical and it makes – Yeah, I have a fleet natural though, I will say. I threw them out at Pride. I know. I know. You were supposed to send me the remains. Is it just regular water? It's water with aloe. Okay, that's ridiculous. I just use tap water. Okay. And it's it's a this little warm. This is America, warm. honey. People <laughs> drink bottled water. They might have stick bottled water up their ass. But anyway, continue. Okay, talk but isn't about bottled it. water just filtered regular tap water? Just yeah, get on with hand it. Hand over Come fist. On. Come right, on. so Let's to speak. Move. Come on. Uh, so I, I just I squirt one mm. thing of water up there, and then I let it go. And I'm good to go. That's it? Do you have to stand upside down or anything? Or No, 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 no. And I don't limit what I'm eating that day. What I position don't... are you in? Well, you I would just you? recommend maybe not having the chili surprise before because even you don't want that in your gut, much but, less your butthole. But did you just fart with a shirt? Somebody did. No. I duty. 
Um, but when you're standing, when you squirt this thing up and how, no, much- no, no, I, I get, I get doggy style to do it. Yeah, I'll say, do you, do you get doggy, but do you style stay down the on the ground? For, like do you stay? No, no, I don't, you don't need a mirror. I mean, I know how to put it. No, in I there. meant for your face. Cause I just saw you looking at yourself in the mirror. Doggy style. Oh you know, no. He's not giving a, a little wink to the camera. That's yeah. not there. I don't think Reagan's a plushie. Um, <laughs> So, okay, so you stick it in then and you just squirt it. So that isn't very hard. But um, uh, do you stand up afterwards? Do you stay in your all fours for some yeah, time? Yeah, I, I stand up and then I immediately get you shake it around a little bit? No. You, you no. just squirt it in and shit it out. Yeah, that's it. Okay. And you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it multiple times. And then I would recommend waiting a good 30 minutes before you engage in any type of sexual activity because it doesn't it doesn't just all come out in one. So you might have to go to the bathroom again. See, this is the biggest problem we have at the Coco Dorm. That they they do it too soon before the shoot and then Yeah, and then you got leftovers. Oh, Christ. Yeah. Uh, I would suggest if you get a sonic hair, you know those toothbrushes. A water pistol. You put that up your ass, and the, the sonic waves will knock all that stuff loose, so you won't have the leftover bits and pieces coming out Reagan. when you're getting cornholed by a really huge dong. Right. Um, I have a friend. You know how he told me to douche? And honest to God, this is the truth. Friend in Amsterdam, he's um, kind of slutty, okay? And he's out of – he's crazy. His mother was a prostitute, but now he's very successful. Whatever. But anyway, he said, Richard – when you want to, if you want to clean your ass, you don't have time. What you do is you go to the bathhouse, you find the biggest dick you could find, and you have him fuck you. And then he'll fuck you till your shit starts coming out. You go to the bathroom, and then you're good to go. Hello. Or you could, do, or you could do that. Yeah, that's another option. <laughs> <laughs> Especially for those so of you in monogamous relationships. <laughs> We all have blog, choices. You today. can have option one or option two. Um, okay, so back to Superman for sex cunt. Uh, the thing is that I really got out of watching it. The same old story is that it was totally a metaphor for coming for being a gay man. I mean, and it made it particularly obvious because it was so homoerotic. But the whole idea of being, you know, being different and you come from somewhere else and you're different, but you're special and you don't know that you're actually special till later. It well, a really, lot of superhero movies are like that, right? I, I don't but in know. A way, and did you X-Men? not feel that in, in a way this one in particular, because the character of Superman, unlike a lot of our superheroes, was yeah. a like sort of anti-machismo kind of well, character? And he's also an alien. Most superheroes come from some sort of form of being a human, like Batman or Spider-Man. You know, they had these accidents. Spider-Man or um, Superman is from another planet. So I think it's different in, in a lot of ways. Did they so, have did they have the because I remember the villain from either Superman one or Superman two with Christopher yeah. Reeve and it, they came as a trio. Right. Yeah, and that I, was loved, one, I love that I, one. I yeah. love the woman in the yeah. trio of villains who throws the yeah. uh, the sewage cap and says, Superman. I loved her. Is she in it? No. I mean, this, this is like Aww. 30 years ago. Was she probably like dead? But you know who's in it is Diane, Diane Lane, who's wonderful. And she plays Superman's mother. And I just saw her in a play. Uh, I think it was a Tennessee Williams play a few months ago here in Chicago. And she's fantastic as his mother. And then, um, you know, his earth mother. It's... You know, it's not a great movie, but he's just so fucking hot. And the villain in this movie, you know, is like a crazy looking motherfucker from Bar- Boardwalk Empire. I mean, he's he's good because he's so fucking psycho looking. Do you know who I'm talking about? Hello? Fuck. Zard. What happened? Holodine. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. I can hear you. Can you hear me? I guess. Paolo. Ka- Captain Hello? Zod. Is that his name? Yes, Zod. Uh-huh. Can you hear me now? Yeah, it got real low for some reason. I'm not sure what happened. Oh, you sound weird to me right now. You both sound like you're in a Al-Qaeda tunnel yeah. in Tora Bora. Me too. Uh, let's let's call right oh, now. You, now you sound okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I guess we should wrap it up. That was just the sound of the government listening in. Probably. Or tuning out. Yeah, because they were so bored. I hope I get my passport soon. 
It got stolen in Athens. Did it really? Yeah, I had to get an emergency passport from the embassy. And, you know, and then I came back and I'm sending it in to get a new permanent one, but it hasn't come. I'm kind of worried. I don't think this show did you any favors. Now, shalom, everyone. Goodbye. Hasta la vista, y'all. How are you? Fast food garbage in the car. <laughs> <laughs>